Let's take a moment and think about the things you love. It could be stuff like vintage vinyl, stylish sunglasses, or your exotic fish collection. Whatever your passion is, the new Multiply the Cash Scratchers from DC Lottery gives you a chance to multiply your cash by 5, 10, 25, or even 100 times and enjoy a lot more of the stuff that makes you, you. Multiply the Cash Scratchers from DC Lottery. If you love it, multiply it. Please play responsibly. gentlemen welcome on in to an absolutely fantastic episode of bar talk good morning good evening good afternoon good night thursday friday saturday sunday monday tuesday wednesday whenever it is you're listening to this i hope you're having the best day ever all right guys uh we got episode 72 today it's gonna be a good one before we get into how it's gonna be a good one i'm a little fucking pissed off at myself why you might ask well i've thrown the headphones that are on my head right now. I've thrown uh, paper clips at the wall. I've chosen not to throw the expensive equipment that I have because of how angry I am, because that does nothing. And that just means I have to pay for a new one. Um, so as maybe you know, you guys know or don't know, I do all of this by myself. I have no help. And that means mistakes happen. I don't like mistakes. Um, and unfortunately, the video that I recorded for the interview because of my fat fucking thumb hit the time lapse button when I went to go exit out when I had hit the normal record button. So I'm mad, really mad. And it's not really the message I wanted to come on and tell you guys. I was excited for you to have the video element to this because I enjoy having the video element side to it as well as the audio element side to the show. And then you get to choose. Unfortunately, this week, we are only going to have audio. So for my people who are visual consumers, I sincerely apologize. Believe me, I was really looking forward to uh, having this whole thing set up. We had a two camera shot. We had two ring lights. Everything was lit up so fucking beautifully. And it's not. It's not. So mistakes happen. You live and learn. I blamed the full moon yesterday. Yes, full moon is in Pisces, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Anyways, let me go ahead and tell you guys a little bit about um what kind of sparked this conversation, so to speak? Um, I probably for the last, I'd say three months have been wanting to do some kind of episode like this. And originally it was going to be titled, I don't know if Chicago is my forever home. And when I get ready to kind of do these uh, type of, that was gonna, it was gonna be a solo show. I was like, okay, we gotta script it out. Like just have my bullet points, make sure I hit the talking notes that I want to do. And then I got to the part where it was, you know, what's the call to action? What are we, what am I giving to the people? And I, I had nothing. And I was like, well, <laughs> this isn't fucking good. And I was pretty pissed, I'm not even gonna lie, because I wanted to be able to provide answers. I wanted to be able to provide solutions. And then I realized I don't really think I have any solutions as of right now. Um, I wish I did, but I didn't, and that's just the truth. So it uh, it kind of sat on the back burner, we'll say, and then I saw Mr. Jack Burns, who is a very good family friend of mine's Facebook post, and I said, I got to talk to Jack about this, and that was kind of how the conversation really got ignited, I think, in a different way, and again, there were so many areas on which we could talk with this, but there was one thing that I didn't get to say in the interview with Jack that I wanted to say here as we kind of led into the interview. Um, Chicago just recently won an award, okay? Uh, Chicago was ranked the second most beautiful city in the world, first in North America, according to uh, Time Out. And uh, I got, like, I heard that and it was like, really? 
really? That's, that's the award we're going to get right now. And I had a coach in college by the name of Terry Colhane who had this beautiful saying, and he said, winning hides a lot of ugly. And as an athlete, that was a W is a W, but it doesn't highlight the errors, mental mistakes, all of the things you fuck up with along the lines. And that's how I feel with this award. This award given to us by Time Out Magazine is winning, hiding a lot of ugly because yeah, it is the most beautiful city. There's no questions asked. I, I know that. I get to see it all the time. What that award doesn't show you is that beauty is just beauty. It, 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 the beauty is hiding how ugly at the core right now this city actually is. The beauty doesn't show the violence. The beauty doesn't show the decrease in population. The beauty doesn't show the safety concerns that citizens have just walking out of their house every day. The beauty doesn't show that neighborhoods are losing their identities. The beauty doesn't show the tax increase and the beauty doesn't show the corrupt politicians who run this place. So yeah, go ahead, give us the award and keep catering to the tourists that come here instead of catering to the people that actually live here. Because that's what that award tells me. That award tells me that we care more about the aesthetic and bringing people in than taking care of the civilians who actually live here. That's what that award tells me. It's bullshit. All right, rant done. Um, so guys, I will also say this too. I never thought I'd have this conversation. Um, I tend to um, steer away from any, I guess we'll, it's, it's a quote unquote political conversation because I cannot stand um, politics. I really, I just, I'm not a fan of it. It's not my wheelhouse. It's, um, I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And I think it's a lot of who's the best liar with the best smile on their face. Again, this is just my two cents. This is just how I feel about it. You can agree, disagree, whatever. But as this conversation kept coming up and I was having it with people that um, were just not people you would think you'd have this conversation with, I realized that this wasn't a political conversation because this is about my home. This is about safety. This is about... Um, this is about my home. And if that's political, then yeah, I guess I'll have the conversation. We, let's, let's talk about it. So uh, my hope guys is that you listen to this with an open mind, that you take something away from this and that maybe by acknowledging that we have a problem, we can move forward in fixing the problem and in making the city better and in keeping the people who have been here for insane amounts of generations here. Um, so again, I hope that was, I hope that's what you take away from it. Um, obviously share it. If you know, you feel that someone could benefit from this conversation. Um, but again, I just hope that this, this conversation is just the beginning. That's what I hope. I hope it at least opens up the floor for us to talk about this a little bit better and to have more conversations like this so we can start finding solutions to making things in this great city that we call home home again you know like i really do i really do i love it i know i'm i'm kind of ranting a little bit and i'm angry i am angry um there's no doubt about that i think any person who lives here and says there is and then and they say they're not angry about what's going on here um they're either in denial to themselves or they're lying, um, you know, but I think people are fed up. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I think a lot of people are fed up and um, you can't, we can't hide this anymore. You can't hide how bad it is anymore because people are now talking about it and um, you know, they're wanting to have the conversation of how to make this better. 
Okay, a uh, few things, guys. Uh, if you have enjoyed the conversations that we are having on Bar Talk, I would love it if you would leave a review. Reviews help way more than you know. So subscribe on whatever streaming platform you listen on, leave a review, share it with your friends, follow us along. It is Bar Talk with Jenna. We are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. All right, so go ahead and do that. And what I have been doing lately is when I'm out at the bar, I just take people's phones and I subscribe to Bar Talk on their phone for them. So then one day they're gonna wake up and they're just gonna be a part of the conversation with us. So if you guys have um, the courage to do that, I would love it. And if you do that, please DM me and tell me that you've done that because that would be awesome. Um, quickly guys, let me tell you a little bit about one of my favorite things. Okay. Um, she's almost out, but, uh, I, you know, me guys, I love a candle and I am obsessed with LYW candles, the nightscape. It is sage, oak, guava, and Berkmont. <laughs> I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but again, I have LYW candles burning all in my house. I have, I'm looking at the other one, um, at my kitchen table, the meadows, it is so beautiful, so crisp, so clean. And I really do think guys that there's something wonderful about just having a candle burning in your home, whether it's on a cozy night, a party night, whatever kind of night it is. I think a candle is perfect to have. And I also think a candle is the, is the best gift to give. Um, this sounds crazy because I still feel like it's summertime, but I just got a pre-order for Christmas tickets somewhere. So the holidays are here, ladies and gentlemen. And again, um, maybe you need to get like a little gift for someone that's not too expensive. And again, I really do think a candle is the best gift to give. Hannah also has some fall candle scents uh, ready and available for you. Their Instagram page is LYW Candles, or you can go to their website, which is lywcandles.com. And guys, you are going to get to 20% off your next order using the hashtag. Nope, not a hashtag. It is not a hashtag. It is a promo code. The promo code is bar talk 20. Um, go ahead and use that at checkout and tell them that bar talk sent you using that promo code. And you will thank me later when you have that lovely, gorgeous candle of yours burning in the air. Okay. Um, all right, guys, that is all I got for you right now. And honestly, I kind of just want to go ahead and dive right on into this. So uh, quickly before we do that, again, I apologize that there won't be like a true uh, video element to this as much as I wanted. Believe me, I'm <laughs> No one's as upset as I am right now. Um, but again, I hope you will listen. I'll still have like an audio or not an audio, a video-esque element. It's just not going to be what it normally is. Uh, so again, sincerely apologize. But um, let's go ahead and dive right on into this. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason you're all here today, my conversation with Jack Burns on Not So Sweet Home, Chicago. Cheers. Okay, um, so Jack, I'm very excited to sit down and chat with you. And before we go into all of this, I'm gonna pull up this first, which was the first rough draft of this episode. Okay. And uh, this would have been maybe two months ago, about two months oh, wow. ago I think I wanted to do this. But I got to the ending and realized I had no solutions and I was just bitching. And I don't wanna sit here and bitch. So okay. I said, Never mind. We're going to try again. Square one. I said we're going back to square one. That's it. And then um, I read what you had posted, which I want to read for everyone who doesn't yeah. know, because this is what really made me say, you're the guy, and I think everyone should do it. Um, so you posted on August 31st. I know there are times living in Chicago when you say, is it worth staying? Has society moved so far away from the core values that we all hold dear that it makes you question the simple things in life? I know I have, and just when you think you hit a breaking point, something reminds you of how great this city, neighborhood in which you live, and, and friends that you actually have are today. Today would have been our friend's 50th birthday. He was stolen from us 12 years ago by cancer. A promise is a promise kept. In the final days, many said you would never be alone. You weren't. 
We stood over your casket as it laid at the altar of nativity of our Lord. Guys and girls came in through the night to make sure you were never alone. We laughed, we cried, and we remembered the time that we spent in the 38 years we were lucky to have you there. As the funeral mass ended and the burial was behind us, another pledge that you would never be forgotten. A promise made is a promise kept. About 75 of us met at Shinnix today to celebrate your 50th birthday. It was a last-minute event that truly everyone needed. We laughed and some stories brought tears, but most importantly, we gathered like we always had as a community of friends. Today, I will not feel down on this great city. Rather, I will keep the memory of you and our friend alive in my heart forever. Michael Houlihan was truly one of the best gifts ever bestowed to all of us. The only thing that would have been better today would have been having you there to laugh with us. Keep looking over all of us and keep us safe. Thank you for giving us this day. Happy birthday. Yeah, it was a uh, there's stupid things in life you take for granted. Yeah. Excuse me. I shouldn't write those things in five minutes while sitting <laughs> on a toilet, but it means a lot because. Growing up in this area, uh, it it gives you a real deep connection to family and friends. Yeah. We're lucky because we've known each other our entire lives. Mm -hmm. We're unlucky because we've known each other our entire lives. Our families go back generations, sometimes two or three or even four generations. Michael Houlihan was one of the best guys I ever met. Um, knew his family, still know his family today. Um, he was the first one of our core group of guys to pass away. Mm -hmm. um, as young young men, young adults in our 30s, we weren't prepared for it because we didn't expect it. Um, it I wrote that literally in about five minutes because I, I was so impressed with not only how many people came out, but how nice it was just to sit down and reminisce in a place that we all grew up in. Um, your family's tavern, for us, out of college, out of high school, was a place where you came to to meet your friends mm -hmm. on a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, pretty much any day of the week that you weren't working. Mm -hmm. And it was always the meeting point. It wasn't the cell phone. I told you, I forgot my cell yeah. phone, which never never happens. I always have my cell phone, and I'm always checking my cell phone. Mm -hmm. I'm always checking Facebook. I'm always checking Twitter. I'm always checking the news. Mm -hmm. And it seems like time and time again, it's all we do is check in on everybody else through an electronic device. 30-odd years ago, 25 years ago, Christ, 20 years ago, we weren't doing that. We were sitting here. We were sitting at other places, other establishments, uh, restaurants, bars, social clubs, talking to each other to find out how our families were doing, mm -hmm. opposed to seeing on Facebook that so-and-so's son, you know, had a huge accomplishment, which is great. And, yeah. I, and I believe I'm, I, I do it myself, and I love to see it, but I'd yeah. much rather experience that in person with my friends. Yeah. And um, if you're not from Chicago, if you're not from the Bridgeport area, and I would say just Chicago in general, because yeah. we have 77 great neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. Yeah. We tend to... We tend to call everybody a friend mm -hmm. and and the term friend used loosely is very respectful in our community because yes we're not reaching out to all 75 people that we see on a regular basis and call a friend but there's four five six people that are truly our core group of friends mm -hmm. that everybody surrounds themselves with yeah and and you don't see that in other neighborhoods you don't see that in other cities no um you know Michael Houlihan would have been, he would, number one, he would have been pissed off that we had a party for him. Uh, he would have been late, number two. And number three, his hair would have been perfect and he would have had, wore a hat over the top. Um, but that's the stuff that I, and I, and I apologize for kind of, for welling up. I, okay. I get emotional when I think about our, our friends and where the city's going. Yeah. And, um, and for a long time I thought, you know, hey, this city is, it's, it's going down the wrong path. Not just because of who our elected officials are at the top, um, but what we see on the news every single day from yeah. drive-by shootings to crime in the downtown central business district. At some point in time, it comes to a head and we have to change course. Yeah. Because the only path forward, if we don't change course, is a downward trajectory to zero. Yeah. You know, we went from 3 million residents 
back in the, I think uh, 2000, mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe the census before that to about uh, 2.7. We have lost, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, and this was last year, um, uh, and, over 113,000 residents. This is Illinois. This is not Chicago. Yeah. I couldn't find the stat on Chicago, yeah. but it said, and there was another headline, and this was from the Tribune uh, at the end of 2020, and it said, even before COVID-19, more than 100 people a day were leaving Chicago. Yeah. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. Um, it makes total sense, and I, and I want to say we're still right around 2.7 million people in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which it's the <laughs> it's it, it's a huge city. Yeah, it's a great city. We have fabulous resources here. Mm-hmm. If you're from Chicago and you decide to come back and you live here, whether it's not in your own neighborhood and it's in a different area, you have access to great jobs, uh, great restaurants, great sporting events, um, a great community to raise your family in. Yeah. And for my entire life, I always had that premise that, hey, this is where I want to be. Yeah. Primarily because of my friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, work for me is ancillary. Uh, I mean, it could kind of work pretty much wherever I need to work. I'm the type of guy, I don't want to start over. Yeah. I don't want to move to unknown USA and now meet new people to become friends. I have my friends, and they're yeah. here. And, and if they're here, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like you, I'm tired of bitching about it, Jen. Yeah. I, I've hit a point where there's no more amount of bitching that's going to correct this problem. I, like a lot of other people, are guilty of jumping on Facebook or any other social platform to yeah. complain about every little thing that's happened in the city, but offer no solution. Most people offer no mm-hmm. solution. For me, the solution is bringing it back to what it used to be mm-hmm. in the sense that you go back to what you held dear. You yeah. held dear family, you held dear friends. You want a safe community. It starts there. Any other thing beyond that, it's irrelevant at this point. Until we stabilize the city, we can't grow, we can't heal it. It seems like every day you turn on the news, or every week, we just hemorrhage more problems. It's, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to begin, but I, I guess thank I'll Thank God st- for alcohol. Thank God for alcohol. Um, I... I got asked recently what were the top 10 most important things to me, okay. which was a question I've never been asked. And yep. I was like, oh, I got to think about that. And I realized number three, I think it was three or four, was community, was yep. my community. Absolutely. And when I, my sophomore year of college, I went to a teeny tiny small, small school, Marshall, Minnesota, population mm-hmm. 14,000. Most people grew up on a farm. They yep. thought I was this unicorn. They just didn't understand <laughs> yeah, how, right. how someone like right. me could honestly live in Chicago. But gave you a great perspective. Gave me a great perspective. And the more I would talk about Bridgeport and the city and the neighborhood, my coach looked at me and he's an older man and he said, you act like you know everyone. I said, because I do know everyone and I'm like I don't say that out of like arrogance or like cockiness I'm like but that's just it's a it's a it's a small town in a big city like everyone knows everyone and there was always such a pride I felt like when it came with saying like yeah I'm from Chicago absolutely like saying like Southside Chicago there was like a bad like a a, a, I don't know shield of honor I felt like to add on top of that too and lately I haven't felt that I I don't even know when was the last time I felt really Actually, I'll say this. The last time I felt proud to say I was from here was going to the Mass for Ella French after she passed away. Because okay. um, it was in tragedy yep. that I realized as much as tragedy made me hurt and made me in pain, seeing everyone come together yep. on a moment's notice, yeah. that's when I was like, okay, this is worth fighting right. for. This is worth figuring out a way to make better and then I go back to that, like, almost feeling hopeless of, like, well, what power do I have? And I think that's something that a lot of people question. And, and yeah. again, I'm young. I'm 28. Um, I, many friends of mine are either getting married, starting families, have families. Yeah. And it was when you're, when I found out about your niece moving away, I said, yeah. that is just the, the one domino. That is the beginning of the rest yeah. of the dominoes. Yeah. And... I don't blame anyone. No. I don't blame anyone for doing what is right for their family, doing what is right for themselves. Mm. Um, because I'm looking over my shoulder all the time. I used to work downtown. I was very happy that I had a security guard that would walk me to my garage. Yeah. But on the days that he wasn't there, I mean, I was like calling, calling upon all my angels to watch yeah. over me, to walk not even a block away. 
You know because what I mean? Because of fear of safety. Because of fear of safety. Right. And in the, in the place that is supposed to be the most vibrant part of the city, which brings the city the most money, and that's not being taken care of. But then I also look at the neighborhoods, and I can only speak, obviously, for our neighborhood, Bridgeport. To me, when the neighborhoods don't thrive, the city doesn't thrive. Absolutely. Because it's the backbone of what makes the city the city and so again i'm kind of i feel like i'm flying all over the place here no no you're 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 fine and and just uh just to touch on your comment about the ella french uh, uh, mass and how you felt proud because everybody came together yeah the way i my take on that jen i mean you're 28 i'm 52 Mm -hmm. uh to use a golf analogy i'm on the back nine Mm -hmm. you know you're still you're still playing the front nine which means the younger people in chicago have a bigger say in how this city corrects itself and how it gets shaped in the future. Um, my only solace is that somewhere in the city there still is good core values somewhere. Yeah. And if you felt it at the Ella French funeral, um, that tells me that it's still there. We just have to uncover it. And and you can you can put it on a huge diagram and yeah. see what kind of works with you know, a special interest, or you could pull a question. It comes down to one simple thing, safety. Yeah. You have to feel safe in your home. You have to feel safe in your community. You have to feel safe in your city. Yeah. If you can't fix that, then all of us will continue, myself included, will continue to say, well, maybe there's just a better place to live. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, raising my family, I was telling your mom, my, my youngest is a freshman, my middle guy is a junior, freshman in college. I'm almost... I'm almost done being a school-age parent. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm more worried about, now what do my kids do? My yeah. biggest fear was always that my kids would go off to college and not want to come back to Chicago. Mm. Selfishly, I want right. them around me. I, yeah. I love my kids. I love uh, my nieces and nephews. Um, I, I want them to stay around here so that I can experience all the good things in their life and help them and participate in the bad things in their life. Right. Um, if we can just fix the safety issue. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear tonight on the news a thousand different politicians, a thousand different special interest groups and, and grassroots organizations tell us how bad the city of Chicago is and how we can fix this. And their, their solution is very easy. Throw money at it. The problem is it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right? Also, I'd like to say we're, we're filming this, guys, on the September 20th, and this is as of today. Um, Chicago shootings, 56 shot, 9 fatal, and weekend gun violence across the city. It's, it's become so desensitized to us in a normal that the world, normal... In a normal world, Jen, somebody sitting across from you listening to that stat would fall off their chair. Yeah. You'd think, oh, did he have too much to drink? No, he just heard the crime stat of the week. Yep. Now... Crime state of the week isn't, and I think this is what, again, there were many reasons why I wanted to have this conversation, but there was a headline from Fox News that said more kids shot in Chicago than have died of COVID-19 across the U.S. this year. A total of 214 minorities died of COVID-19 in the U.S., 261 were shot in Chicago, and that was, this is September. This is September 10th. We're not even done with the year yet, and... I believe that week we changed the name of Lakeshore Drive because that was what yeah, was more. We mo- tore, tore, down, tore down statues, changed the name yeah. of Lakeshore Drive. Yeah. Uh, told every police officer uh, that dons a uniform that they're the problem, they're the evil person, uh, they need to build a better community. Yeah. You know, I said, I have teenage kids, teenage boys, teenage girls. They're going to come home. Yeah. They're going to have a cocktail or two. Yeah. You're going to catch them, right? And the normal progression is a punishment. Yeah. Right? So if my son as a junior came home and I smelled liquor on his breath mm-hmm. and he admitted to me that he was drinking, chances are he would get a punishment. Mm-hmm. Now what would happen though, Jen, if he came in and I said, all right, Jack, you're punished for a week. And then the week came and he, what, he had no punishment. Mm-hmm. I just said you were punished. And then I said, uh, you do that again, it's going to be three weeks. And he came home and did it again. Yeah. And it was three weeks mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. If there's no... Repercussion, accountability, from a parent standpoint and the child standpoint, you'll never understand and respect the basic premise of the rule of law. Yeah. Listen, there's a lot of rules that I don't like. There's yeah. a lot of laws that I think are foolish. Yeah. Just because I think they're foolish doesn't mean I can disobey them. Mm-hmm. And when I get caught disobeying them, 
I blame somebody else for it. Right. Like I blame a whole swath of the community. Like, oh my God, the police are the problem. Uh, the media is the problem. This is generational. Wait a mm-hmm. minute, we're living in the moment today. How yeah. do we fix the problem today? Yeah. You can't tell me that a 16-year-old or a 20-year-old male who has been arrested more than once for gun charges yeah. is going to correct his behavior yeah. without some punishment. Yeah. And the punishment isn't wear this bracelet and see in court in three years because we're so backed up at Cook County because of COVID, we're not going to hear your case. So then they, they plead it out or they have some other type of alternative justice mm-hmm. to give this person who then turns out to kill somebody a month later in a drive-by shooting. Yeah. Can't fix it until you hold people accountable. That means the residents, that means the politicians, more importantly, that means the parents. Yeah. For every 18-year-old out there committing a crime, there's a parent somewhere. I don't care if it's a mom, a dad, a grandparent. Somebody needs to hold that person accountable because they're the ones that were supposed to bring this person down the right path. Yeah. And maybe they didn't have the resources. Fine, we'll give you the resources. But don't give us excuses on why your child or children are out there wreaking havoc on the community. Because, Jenna, you going to work shouldn't have to look over your shoulder. My 16-year-old driving down the street shouldn't be a fear of being carjacked in the city of Chicago. My wife at the grocery store shouldn't be looking over her shoulder when she's putting her groceries in the back of the car. That's not something that's indicative of big city living. That's indicative of big city living when you surrender to a progressive agenda. And not to be overly political, the, the sooner we move back to the center on a political uh, base, yeah. uh, the sooner we're going to fix serious problems. Yeah. Um, you're 28. The young younger generation today, everything is phone, everything is social media, everything is a cause, mm-hmm. right? Causes are great. Fight for everything. If you see an injustice, fight for it. But at some point in time, too, you have to be realistic, right? Like, yeah, I like this politician, but he doesn't fit or she doesn't fit this mold that I'm supposed to have in my head. There's um, a lot of gray. There's a ton of gray. There's a lot of gray. And and I, I tell people, it's, it's, it's stop looking for the perfection in people. Yeah. Because we're all imperfect. Like, I want that politician that's in the stand-up and say, look, I'm so imperfect, I can fix the problem. Because I have baggage. Yeah. I don't need to hide myself. I don't need to proclaim that I'm uh, 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 gay, straight. I don't need people to see me as white, black, blue, or green. I'm just just a normal, normal person that wants to fix a problem. Yeah. When that person emerges, the city of Chicago will be on a path to yeah. figuring out how we live and thrive for another couple hundred years. I'm wondering if there, and, and I said this to someone who's actually, in, oh yeah, still in the bar. Um, uh, the other night when I was here, and I said, I wonder if it's possible to put people in power and have leaders who lead with their ego on the side. And that's something that I've been coming back to a lot lately. Is like, you know, and I, to me, that's all I see is I see these people in power, and I think sometimes they're in way over their head. And I think they let when you let your ego kind of hijack what is the what is the best thing for for the for the collective. That's when we're not doing what's best for as a whole. I agree. And, and I don't. And I don't know if that means maybe we find. Maybe we make it more acceptable to have imperfect people in in power. You know. And I'll also go on record and say I never thought I'd have a conversation like this because I fucking hate politics. Yeah. And I again I I, I do like I, I don't, don't like you. it. I think it's just I don't all blame smoke and mirrors. I think it's yeah. all a load of bullshit. Yeah. But when this is something that has been bothering me since the looting happened last year and this has been something that like I sat in this place in my family's establishment that's been here since 1938 like deep roots that I want to raise my kids in and I legitimately asked myself I don't know if Chicago is my forever home and I and I hate that I've said that and I hate that that's even a thought that I've put out there but then you fall down the rabbit hole again like prepping to talk to you today and I was trying to get some stats and once you it's like again one domino falls and then you realize how like disenfranchised everything is throughout the city because it's not just one area it's so many and then I think when you think about that as a citizen again like I'm 28 years old I'm on the beginning nine you're on the back nine I understand that it's my that as a citizen here who's 
uh, active member of my community, yeah. I need to be a better person in my community. But when you start seeing how overwhelming all of this is, mm-hmm. and I know I'm not alone in this, you're like, well, what can I do? Because it's so, yeah. it's so, there's so many problems. So, and it just, it, to me, you fall down the rabbit hole of like seeing that it's like, it's right. it's not having the correct resources. It's the violence. It's neighborhoods losing their identity. It's increasing taxes. It's losing the popu- It's losing your population. It's safety concerns. It's bad schooling. Like right. bad people in power. Like right. I'm at eight points right now, and I could probably give you another thirty. Absolutely, and uh, and it all comes back to uh, um, the same core issue, and it's it's the city of Chicago. At some point in time in the last 30 years has lost its way. Yeah. We've um, we've lost our way. We've surrendered our way, meaning many people in the, in the city have said, you know what, my time has passed. It's up to you now to, to lead the city and take it to the next level. Well, now that they're taking it to the next level and we don't like the way it's uh, it's going. Yeah. Um, it's time now to pull it back to say, okay, how do we fix this? Mm-hmm. And as a 28-year-old, as a 21-year-old, as a 35-year-old, what can one person do in the city of Chicago to make things better? And I would say the first and first thing you, anybody can do in the city of Chicago over the age of 18 is vote. Yeah. Part of the reason why we have really crappy choices for elected officials, not only in the city of Chicago but the state of Illinois, the U.S. Senate, uh, the Congress. <laughs> Christ, the president. We have two people that ran for president that collectively were over the age of 150. That's not It's not good. It's yeah. not good for society. It's not good for America. But just remember that the current mayor today won with a voter, voter turnout of about 35%. It's wild. Meaning 65% of the people sat on the sideline and bitched yep. and complained, uh, but didn't take enough time to just come out and vote. Mm-hmm. Just to say, okay, this is my candidate, perfect or imperfect, this is my candidate. Yeah. Instead of a 35% concentration of a highly motivated grassroots operation, that's how they win. That's how politicians today win. They don't go out and hope for 90% turnout because, hey, take a poll at my Christmas dinner with my family, and I'll bet you less than 50% would vote that I'm the, 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 the nicest person at the table. Um my point is this if you don't come out and vote you can't fix problems yeah if you can't find people that want to run for office because they are imperfect and they don't want to expose their their life to the masses mm-hmm. it's a problem i think there's a lot of people that would love to run but you think about the excess baggage that comes with it now right because it's like it's not just doing what's right for your community anymore. It's, right. you have to do that, and then you have to play the game, right. and then you have to maybe shake a few deals with the devil, and then everyone's gonna know everything about you, and everything you do is going right. to be so, you know, like over-dramatized in a way that it's like, I don't blame anyone for never wanting to put their family through any of that bullshit. I agree, I, I, think, it's, I think it's hard, and I applaud the people that actually do, yeah. the good politicians and the bad. Yeah. At some point in time, they all come to the realization that they have to put their their information, their life, their past mm-hmm. uh, in the public domain for everybody to digest. Um, my suggestion to everybody would be just look, take a step back, and don't focus in on that one bad thing that you, yeah. that you deem as bad. Right. Just, listen, people say some really stupid stuff. I probably have said the most stupid things in my life out of any human being I know. Mm-hmm. But that shouldn't preclude you from having a say in the process. You should be able to say, okay, here's what's going to happen. This is what we propose to do. And have people take you seriously without everybody on the social media side just bombarding that one negative part of, of, of the person, mm-hmm. of the candidate. You have to look at, at plans and issues as it unfolds, as it evolves. And leave all the minutia to the side. Because if all we do is argue somebody's past, yeah. we'll never make it to the future. We'll no. never. We'll be having this conversation. I'll be in Sarasota, Florida, and you'll be somewhere else. Yeah. Because at some point in time, we throw our hands up. And there's a lot of people that have done that. And uh, They are. It, you know, like, I think when, especially here, we had so many families leave. Yep. Rather it be suburbs. Indiana, Florida, 
yep. wherever, Wisconsin, they, they left. Yep. And I remember thinking to myself, are we on the path to become Detroit? Was my fear, because my second fear was working downtown yep. for as long as I did, and the pandemic hit, yep. and I'm walking up the stairs from my restaurant on the Riverwalk, and I looked, at, I looked up at all the buildings, yep. and I'm like, there's no one in them. No. Who am I serving? I'm so, not serving anyone. And and if we've seen, like you just said, you, you can work anywhere. Anyone. A lot of people can work anywhere. So what's the draw in keeping people here? Family, friends, and uh, family, friends, community, yeah. and access to some great resources, right? Yeah. Chicago has great resources. Um, People always say you're only you're only, you're at rented time. You're only here on this earth for a short period of time, and the same holds true for people like Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. She's just passing through. Yeah. Her term's coming up. She, I think she got another 18 months or so. At some point in time, yeah. she will no longer be the mayor of the city of Chicago. Right. She's just passing through. So it's time to either accept her as who she is mm-hmm. and embrace her very progressive policies. Um, or find somebody that will. Yeah. Um, you use the Detroit analogy, and I use it quite a bit. Um, a lot of people, the mayor included, uh, doesn't like the Detroit analogy because because it's the truth. Well, people don't like the truth. It's word salad, right? Yeah. She she refluffs the word salad, uh, tosses the word salad, and makes it a racial issue. When I say we're turning into Detroit, she makes it sound like I'm saying that the city is becoming blacker, more African-American, more concentrated, <coughs> poor. Yeah. I'm not. What I'm telling you, is when I, when I say Chicago is becoming Detroit, and you hit the nail on the head, you looked up and saw empty buildings, right, downtown? Yep. That's commercial real estate. Yep. Commercial real estate pays huge taxes. Yep. Huge taxes. We have a small building at Jefferson and Adams. Last year, our taxes were $22,000 for a building basically the size of Shinnix. It's a two-flat. Uh, just reassessed, $55,000. From $22,000 up to $55,000. And this is this tiny little building. So how about the high-rise next to me that's sitting at 65% vacant? When you're not deriving rent, you're not paying taxes, mm-hmm. property taxes. And that's what I mean when I say Chicago's becoming Detroit or yeah. will become Detroit. They've, they've created a culture, even from a business perspective, that it's just too expensive to do business in Chicago. Like, who in their right mind would spend that type of money to have an office downtown when they could move, say, to the suburbs yep. and cut their basis by 50%? Mm-hmm. Yes, your employees have to travel. But guess what? When you increase your profit... They make more money. They make more money. Yep. You know, everybody has to commute. I'm just spoiled. I only live six minutes from my office. Yeah. But I know guys that and women that travel an hour a day for work. Mm-hmm. It's common. Yeah. Not common for me. Um, so the Detroit analogy, I think, holds water in Chicago today because we're on a financial trajectory to become Detroit, meaning we're going to be broke. <clears throat> when I excuse me, when I graduated college in '91, I started working for Pat Hules, who was our our local alderman here in the 11th Ward. Um, I always loved government. I always thought it was the, the place that I would ultimately like to, uh, to land in uh, at some point in time in my, in my, in my life. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in a budget hearing, and the budget was $2.2 billion. And I was like, wow, $2.2 billion. Fast forward 30 years. What do you think the budget is today? Half. $11 billion? $11 billion? We went from $2.2 billion and... 1991 to just under 11 billion. I'd have to look it up. I haven't looked in a long time, but I'll guarantee it's over 10. Yeah. Where'd the money go? What do we use the money for? You know, I'm okay with. Yeah. I'm okay with taxes. Yeah. Hey, you have to. You have to. You have to feed the beast. You have to. You have to have good roads. You have to have, you know, access to uh, uh, good services. You have to have. Good schools. Mm-hmm. We don't have good schools. No, we don't. We have some select good public schools. That are very hard to get into. The trade-off year, years ago, Jen, when I was growing up and uh, when my parents were raising me, was taxes would stay low because you sent your kids to private school. Yep. That was a trade-off. Mm-hmm. Well, the trade-off's not there any longer. 
And guess what? Still don't have access to good public schools. No. So I think I told you on the phone when I bought my house back in the 90s, uh, uh, taxes were like 1200 bucks. My taxes now are like 8000 So I asked my mom, yeah. I said, Mom, how long have we lived in our house? And she said, uh, uh, 25 years. That's a 25-year-old, one city lot, two stories. Uh, and it, uh, 96, it was $2,362.12. Yep. What's it today? It is now $8,414. Yep. And I say that I say that with astonishment, right? Like, yeah. man, and you know, it went from twelve hundred to eight thousand. Yeah. My friends would be like, "Hey, jerk bag, I would love to be paying eight thousand dollars in taxes." Yeah. Um, I have some friends that live on the near north side, uh, far northwest side, mm-hmm. out, out in Beverly, and and their taxes are much greater than ours. Granted, right. their properties are much larger than ours. Right. Um, but the Lincoln Park taxes, single-family home in Lincoln Park, thirty-five thousand dollars. It's absurd to send your kids to private school. Yeah. Bridgeport's no different. Mm-hmm. I would say any community in Chicago is no different. Kids should have access to good quality education. Yeah. I think where we kind of went wrong is we created these selective enrollment schools. And we siphoned all the really bright kids out of the communities and put them on buses and sent them to one concentrated area. Because nothing nothing lifts a student like good peer competition and peer support. Mm-hmm. If you have a marginal student who's sitting next to an overachiever who's willing to participate in the process, that student is going to help lift two or three other students in that classroom. Mm. So stop siphoning off all the good, really bright students and sending them to these little pockets around the city. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. Do we create more community schools? Well, gosh, we have enough of them. But, I mean, in our area here, if I didn't send my kids to where they go to school, they'd go to Tilden because that's their community school. And Tilden has made great strides in the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dawn Ramos is the assistant principal or, or principal over there. She, she and the students and the parents of Tilden have made tremendous strides. Give them more resources. Yeah. Give the people from the surrounding area the reason to send their children there and not private school. Mm-hmm. I'm a private school person because I, I'm a Catholic and I want my kids raised Catholic. And, and that's just my preference. Um, but I would like, a, I'd like an option. I'd like to be able to say, hey, I don't want to pay tuition. You're going to XYZ school, and mm-hmm. it's going to be sufficient for you to get to the next level. Um, I think just to rewind it back to Jen, what can be done? We just have to get back to what makes us feel good. And being safe is the, is the most important. We can't address other issues until our safety factor is done. Yeah. You know, yeah. how do you move on from that? How do you move on and tackle uh, uh, um, here, the budget address today? Uh, we're putting $181 million for climate? Let the federal government deal with climate. Let the state deal with climate. In the city of Chicago, we're not putting $181 million into anything climate other than please uh, build the world's largest umbrella and keep us away from the snow that's going to hit us every winter. Um, put that money into making this community safe again. Yeah. Where you and I feel safe and I, my kids feel safe going down the street. And then we can tackle social problems. But until the lawlessness stops, all we're doing is throwing good money after bad. Yeah. And for them, for the politicians, they want us to have this conversation. They want us to keep having conversations of how it should be done or how we can improve it. The basic necessities like safety so that they can do their other things. Yeah. It was the biggest... It's all smoke and mirrors. It was the biggest smoke and mirror, sleight of hand trick you've ever seen in your life. We were told, Jenna, for a year and a half that COVID decimated the city financially. Didn't stop the mayor from allocating hundreds of millions of dollars into programs that she believes is going to transform the south and west side of Chicago. Not, no no, hit the brakes. No, hey, mm-hmm. let's let's stop right here until we're on better financial footing. Yeah. And now we got our $1.9 billion from the federal government as a COVID relief bailout. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Um, we borrowed $900 million last year due to COVID. We'll pay that $900 million back. Pay the $900 million back, and now we're working with a billion dollars. Now take that billion dollars 
and use it for something like payroll and then pay down your debt a billion dollars. There's no reason why that $1.9 billion from the federal government needs to go into more social programs that fail. Yeah. Here, you're 28 years old. If, can you think of one social program off the top of your head that actually produces a positive result in the city of Chicago? I'll say this. I don't even know one social program in the city of Chicago. There you go. There you go. But I'll guarantee if we had a budget book in front of us, we could find hundreds of millions of dollars allocated for a lot of social programs in the city of Chicago. Mm. And we don't know where it's going. No. So let's find out where it's going. Yeah. Right? Let's find out where it's going. And if the programs don't work, cancel them. Reallocate the money. Yeah. You want more mental health? Have it. Cancel a social program and get more mental health. But don't sacrifice my safety by trimming the police budget to allocate money into mental health. There's ways to, to, to shape a budget. Her way is just totally different than mine. Mm-hmm. Mine is start with the basic necessities. You need roof over your head, you need food, and you need a safe place to live. Yeah. Let's start with the safety, and then we can tackle all these other issues yeah. at, a, you know, at a later date. Yeah. Get our fiscal house in order. It's safety across the border now where, you know, I think for... It's not... This isn't like a new issue, you know? That's, that's the other thing. Like, we, this isn't... A new problem living where we lived we've always heard about it it's never been reported it was never you know like you'd hear right. about shootings all the time people dying all the time right. and the other thing that I find really funny is like stats lie <laughs> my dad always had a line liars <laughs> figure and figures lie yeah like yeah. and, and I, it's you know they I, I watched something earlier today with uh, Kim Fox and talking about how numbers went down when she got into office in 2016 and how things were better in 2017 and 2018 and blah 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 and it was really hard to listen to it because it just felt like all lies and I'm like it's stats can make you look really good like honestly as an athlete I hated stats because to me I never felt they showed my character as an athlete skews reality yeah it skewed it and there were people yeah. I knew that had way better stats than me yeah. and I'm like you're kind of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really mean to say. But, again, it's the same thing. You're just yeah. not an athlete anymore. It's the crime in the city. And now that it's kind of being, we'll say, um, you know, the dog's gotten more leash. Yeah. Well, they've gone into these super nice neighborhoods with the insane property yeah. taxes. And now yeah. people are hearing about it and getting, you know, yeah. I just heard of a, a, a really kind of well-known photographer in the area. Um, I, I don't remember what, what, no, what north side neighborhood she lived in. Held up at gunpoint, had a Range Rover. They stole her wallet, her keys, and six thousand dollars in camera equipment. It's her whole livelihood. For no other reason other than they can. Because they right? can, and, and they know that they're not going to be punished. And they're not going to be punished. Right. So, like again, until y- you can be held accountable for your actions, like parents included. Jenna, yeah, yeah. Because that kid, kid or, or here, if you're an adult, you're 21 plus, then you're held accountable. You go to jail. Mm-hmm. You're a minor, 17. Yeah. Mom and dad, grandmother, grandfather, I want to see you. Yeah. You're being held accountable. Yeah. Because if you can't keep him or her in check, then who's going to? No. Not I. No. Not John Q. Public. No. Um, it's going to come off wrong. Do you have a scale at home? No. Okay, so I do. I have one of those old weight scales at home. Okay. You know, the one where you'd step on it. It, it, and the, it yeah, tilts, yeah. Yeah. Little, yeah that and guy. on the very bottom, you can adjust the weight. Like, if it's uneven... Didn't know that. So if I started it out at negative 20 and I jumped on the scale, I'm still overweight. You look good. I feel fantastic. I feel good about myself, but yeah. you're still overweight. Right, Meaning right. Kim Fox can say whatever she wants. Yeah. Liars figure and figures lie. There's not a person in the city of Chicago or Cook County, for that matter, that truly believes Kim Fox uh, uh, when she says the things she says about no. her crime stats. Same with Tim Evans. Same with Tony Preckwinkle. Same with the mayor, Lori yeah. Lightfoot. Um, liars figure and figures lie. They want apathy. They want people to be apathetic and mm-hmm. sit at home and not vote. Because you, not, you metaphorically, uh, coming out to not vote yeah. is good for them. Because they will energize their base, their core, their grassroots. Yeah. And they'll produce their 35% voter turnout that will vote for them. Mm-hmm. While the apathetic sit home and sit and bitch, right? Yeah. With no solution. I think 
I think the time has kind of come mm-hmm. that people are starting to wake up to that. I think pe- this it's the time where we've, again, we're addressing there's a problem. We all know there's a yeah. problem. Let's find a solution. Let's yeah. figure out what the solution is to keep the good people here yeah. because there is nothing else yeah. like Chicago. And any person you talk to will say yeah. that, and they want this to be here, and they want to stay here, yeah. but if they don't feel safe, they're not going to stay. Yeah. So I've never participated in a 12-step program, although I do believe in them mm-hmm. heavily. I have family and friends that have thrived through uh, uh, through 12-step programs and addiction. Yeah. Um, the city of Chicago is a 12-step program right now. Hmm. We need to admit we have a problem. Yeah. And yes, we have a problem. Yeah. All right, great. We took the first step. We admitted we had a problem. Yeah. Now let's follow the next 11 steps and build it up to what it should be. Right. One of the greatest cities in the world the economic engine of the Midwest. Yeah. The family orientated place that it should be and yeah. will be and can be because the good people are still here. Mm-hmm. We're just pissed off and we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's time for people to kind of wake up and say, okay, we're done talking about it. Now let's do something. And that means focusing on the stuff that's right in front of you. Yeah. In your area. I couldn't imagine living in another area in Chicago the last 10, 15 years other than in our core area of Bridgeport and the 11th Ward for a lot of reasons. As bad as it's been across the city, our neighborhood, our ward for the most part, has thrived. We've survived. We've gotten resources. Mm -hmm. We've created resources. Some businesses have failed, right? Due to COVID, due to a lot of other things, restrictions, mm-hmm. uh, regulation. Go around the city and look at some of the other areas. They're boarded up. Yeah. It's pitiful. How do you say open for business on a four by eight piece of plywood? I'm no marketing genius, but that can't bode well for anybody. Yeah. Open for business. Walk through the four by eight piece of plywood. Yeah. Come have a nice meal. Mm-hmm. And look at the back of the four by eight piece of plywood. Come on, you're yeah. open for business, pull the goddamn wood off the windows. Yeah. Clean up your streets and and, and let's and let's get back to what we're used to doing. Mm-hmm. And that's growing the city. Yeah. I think of um, you know, you talk about the neighborhood like thriving and coming together and um, In a sense. In in a sense, but 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 again I think um, you know when we lose someone here, I think we all feel the loss, yeah. you know, um, kind of like what we talked about earlier with yeah. uh, your buddy, Mr. Houlihan. And the same happened recently with another member of the community, uh, Amy Gorman. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they put together a GoFundMe page um, not that long ago. Yep. And and I think within less than 48 hours, they hit over... 50000 It was $50,000. Yeah. And then they raised it up to seventy five. Yeah. And, and um, so I... I participated in yeah. uh, 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 the GoFundMe for, for Amy for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it has something to do with Yeah. Two of the kindest people i ever met in my life. Uh, Michael Houlihan, Amy Clavish, neighbors. Um, it didn't shock me when I saw the, uh, the amount of money that was raised in mm-hmm. a very short period of time. Um, it was for an experimental treatment. Yeah. You know, but I think of that like 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 as and, and it break, I hate that Amy's not with us anymore. Nope. And and again, it's in tragedy. Brings you closer. It brings you closer. That's it. It does, and you can't. And, and honestly, it was um, going to the not the Ella's funeral, but her. It was like right afterwards they did a, a fundraiser. It was for the vigil at for St. Jerome they did it the week before right right and right, right. I went and I was like I'm, I'm I'm a Catholic but I don't go to church as much as I yeah. should as my mom's probably looking right. at me telling me I should go to church more but I just remember sitting there and again you look around and everyone so many came together for something that was so awful and I think that was something that really like shook yep. everyone to their core it didn't matter what side you fell on and I even heard people talking about it that you wouldn't expect to be talking about it you know yep. and I think that's when we I think people are starting to open their eyes of like we gotta do something it is and it shouldn't yeah. take tragedy no. 
to uh, to bring a community together. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, we talked about Michael Houlihan. Uh, um, I, I sit back and I think about all the people that were here on yeah. this on this this world for this earth for a short period of time or even a long period of time and mm-hmm. what they contributed um, remembering those people for who they are yeah um, and, and putting them in the forefront of of how we move forward because they love the city as much as we did yeah Michael Houlihan uh, uh, Patrick Bryce <laughs> Edgar Fitz yeah right I mean to introduce Edgar Fitz to the world I mean, yeah, you'd walk away a little <laughs> bit skewed, but you got an honest answer out of them. Yeah. Sometimes too honest of an answer. Prefer honesty. But Jenna, that's what I love, uh, and, and thank you for, for asking me to uh, come and talk to you today. It's one of the things I like about your show, <coughs> Bar Talk, mm-hmm. right? It means a lot to me because this is where we used to talk. Yeah. We would come up here on Fridays after work, and we would drink, and we would talk, and Maybe the news was on, or maybe a ball game was on, and he would talk. Yeah. And he would argue, and sometimes you would fight. But the next Friday or the Saturday after, you were back there talking and doing it again, opposed to the phone. Yeah. It's so easy to say, even I'm guilty of it, mm-hmm. to say something really nasty uh, on a short post or, or even a text message to somebody. It's hard to sit across from somebody and argue your case. Mm-hmm. But I would appreciate when people do it yeah. because it's at least well thought out. My, my rule when I work here is that um, you just come in with an open mind. Yep. I, I will listen to any one side. I will listen to any side, and I like to think I'm a very open-minded person. And again, there's yeah. lo- you get older and you realize there's way more shades of gray yes, than anything else. But I think we've lost that ability to just be like, you can yep. listen to someone, understand where they're coming yep. from, and like respectfully disagree but but you but you get it yeah. you know like i i talked about that a while back and like when cancel culture was such a hot button topic and i was like i get why my 71 year old uncle views life the way he views life as someone who worked for the state attorney's office for 25 years yeah. i also understand how my 70 year old aunt who was a special ed teacher in cps views life the way she views life absolutely so again you can't fault a person for how they how they see things just try to see it from their point of view and maybe you can meet somewhere in the middle that's that that's what that's what i hope this does i hope we can somehow meet in the middle and understand again i I end every show with this we have way more in common with each other than we have different absolutely and i believe that to my bones i believe it in my core and in my soul and i hope that just by having conversations where it's someone with i don't know like you're 52. I'm 28. Who would have yeah. thought we'd be sitting here having a conversation? But I think it's a conversation that's going to help people. I has, think, yeah. It's a conversation that has to be had. Yeah. Um, you come in to, to the bar with an open mind. I always say if it can't be written in five minutes while sitting on the toilet, it shouldn't be said. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're taking more than five minutes to think about what you're going to say, chances are you're you're thinking about it way too much. Yeah. If you, if you really have an opinion on a social platform, mm-hmm. make it brief. Yeah. You know, make it off the top of your head. That, you know, don't write it, rewrite it, edit it, send yeah. it to your sister for for, for approval. Yeah. Um, just put it out there because the the people number one need to discuss the yeah. issues, and you shouldn't be afraid to talk about issues, Mm-mm. even the even the uncomfortable ones. Yeah. Right. I'm not. I don't back away from any discussion about race. I don't mm-hmm. back away from any discussion about politics. I don't back away from any conversation at all. I'm not right 100% of the time. I tend to think I am, but. I do carry an open mind where, hey, look at if I'm wrong, then show me where I'm wrong. Yeah. And then I'll correct my mindset right. going forward. But just saying that something is true without backing it up doesn't make it true. No. We've seen that happen now in the last eight years. It just mm. doesn't happen. Yeah. No. Stop. So to, to end, what would you say um, if you could give, I guess, a piece of advice to whatever age range of human beings that are listening to this, what what do you think is the first thing we need to do as a community to make it better? Stop looking for perfect. Perfect's not there. Perfect's not in yourself. Perfect's not in your family. Perfect's not in your community. 
and for God's sakes, it's not in any elected official. Stop looking for perfect and trying to fix the minuscule when you can fix the most basic of problems in our society today. And it takes an effort from everybody, 18 and over, to come out and vote. Vote for that person that you think can fix these problems, not for the person that's going to fix the one problem that you're looking for. Mm. And for the people that are under 18, they have to actively participate as well, Jenna. Yeah. They need to realize that, look, it. when your mom or dad tell you, don't put your finger in the electric socket, it's not because they don't want you to get shocked. They definitely don't want you to get shocked. It's a learning process, right? Yeah. It's learning right from wrong mm-hmm. from a very young age. Yeah. And if you're 18 and you're still doing real stupid shit, guess what? Maybe you need a refresher course on go stick your finger in the light socket because you haven't figured out right from wrong. Holding somebody up for their goods, stealing somebody's car, beating somebody half to death on Michigan Avenue because you can, that's not good. It's not good in any society. Um, my advice is stop looking for perfect. Come out, participate, vote, and have a discussion offline. Not on a phone, not on a computer, this. face-to-face. Yeah. Have that one person that maybe you modestly disagree with. We'll have a cup of coffee with them. Yeah. And truly, if you can talk about issues in person with another person, first of all, it, it means a ton more. From a respect perspective, I respect somebody when somebody sits across from me and disagrees with me. Yeah. Especially when I finally agree with them. I'm like, see, you don't get that over a phone. You don't get that over uh, a phone call or uh, a video message. Mm -hmm. Get back to the basics. Get back to what bar talk, how bar talk was Mm -hmm. 30 years ago. And that was sitting at a bar stool, watching a ball game, watching the evening news. And talking to the people next to you to figure out how we're going to fix the problems. Yeah. That's it. That's my 50 cent advice. <laughs> 50 cent advice. Um, yeah. I will. I know your glass is empty, but I, I got a little left. But yeah. I, I'm going to cheers um, to like a, a better Chicago. Because I think it's there. It's... It's a lot of work, but I think it's, it's there. Here, it's, it's here. It's going to be here. Yeah. Because the alternative isn't something I want to imagine. No. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Alrighty then, guys. I I hope that um, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that you took something away from that. I hope it leaves you thinking. I hope it leaves you maybe figuring out what we can do. Um, to make things better. And I'll be honest with you guys. There are times where I don't think I have the answer. Um, but I'm, I'm okay. Willing to put myself out there to say, I don't know what the, what the answer is to the problem, but let's try to work together to, to make it better. Um, so I'm going to, you know, do my part and try to make things better because guys, this is my home and I want this to be my home. I really do. Um, and I hope the people that are still living here are still willing to find a way to make it better. I do, because there's something just so special and so unique about, um, being from Chicago that you just can't find anywhere else. And I think anyone who is from here can attest to that too. All right, guys, that is this week's episode. Thank you again so much for listening on in. Uh, Again, if you think someone could benefit from this, go ahead and share this with your friends, Um, share it on social media, whatever it is. But today, I hope you take the time today to realize that we have way more in common with each other than we have different. I'll see you next time. Take care. Hey, everybody, it's closing time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.